Sairam, dear listeners, and welcome back to Fleeting Moments, Lasting Memories, a popular series of conversations with the former students of Bhagwan Sri Satyasai Baba's schools and colleges. Our guest today is from California, USA. Mrs. Um, Malini Gadipalli studied at the Sri Satyasai Higher Secondary School in 9th and 10th standard, and then she went on to Baba's Anantpur College for her intermediate studies, followed by a bachelor's degree in English literature from the Sri Satyasai Institute of Higher Learning, Anantpur College. After her marriage, Malini studied BA Liberal Studies from the San Jose State University, California in the U.S., she graduated with magna cum laude. After her son and daughter were born, Malini continued her studies by completing her bachelor's degree in education from the same institute, where she was the valedictorian and spoke at the graduation ceremony. Malini has been a Balvika's teacher for 19 years and is on the board of directors of the Human Values for Kids organization. Currently, Malini teaches third grade students in the California public school system in Cupertino, California, USA. Sairam Malini and welcome to Radio Sai. Sairam Didi, I'd like to start by offering my most humble and heartfelt salutations at the lotus feet of our beloved Lord, Bhagavan Sri Satya Sai Baba. Sairam. Sairam, it's very nice to have you here. Malini, I understand in 1984, you were a young teenager growing up in LA and you chose to relocate to rural India and join grade 9 in Swami's school, a school that's known for a strict and Spartan lifestyle and curriculum. Why? I'd like to offer my gratitude to my mother who was extremely strict. So the strictness in the hostel was uh, totally comparable to what my mother gave us at home. And um, just to backtrack a little bit, that in California, my parents uh, had started going to the Hollywood Satisai Center, and uh, that was their first exposure to Swami. And I had uh, been exposed in Calcutta when I had visited my grandparents, and my grandmother's sister took me to a bhajan, a local bhajan. And at that age, when you're five, whatever picture you see in the altar is God's picture. And then after the bhajan, and you could clap and make noise, and that's something very different when you're always told to be quiet as a child. And then they passed out flowers, which I love, and sweets, which I love, and vibhuti, which I thought was just fabulous. And those days, vibhuti packets had Swami's picture on it. And uh, I was just eating the whole packet. And my mother said, this is uh, magic powder, you shouldn't eat it like that. So I kept it carefully. And when I went back to the US, my classmates were talking about uh, their wishes coming true. And I said, um, actually, I have some magic powder. And then they all laughed at me. But one girl said, um, can I please have some of your magic powder? I have a very special wish. And all I remember is that afterwards she came and she said, my wish came true. So even as a child, I was seeing these things, my validation. And... Um, so when my grandparents became uh, Swami devotees in the early 70s, they wrote to my all their children and uh, that this is God on earth. So my parents started attending the center. And I remember once uh, Indra Devi, who was a very uh, well-known yoga teacher, she said, um, she was relating her experiences with Bhagwan, and then she said, I had the chance to have Padnamaskar. So afterwards, I asked my father, I said, what is that word? I've never heard it before. And he said, it's the chance to touch Swami's feet. And after that, I really wanted to touch his feet. And I had never seen him in physical form. And here I was in California, but I had this intense desire to touch his feet. And one week later, he actually came in my dream. 
and um, just looked at me and smiled and said here take pad namaskar and showed his feet and you must have been a little girl even then yes i was 8 uh, years old and so i used to actually see him in bhajans physically see him in bhajans what was he doing there in the hollywood center in not in the just in the hollywood center in people's homes when they had bhajans he would be walking around and um, once he sat on a chair and i remember seeing him it wasn't even unusual to be able to see him because he was god and god can do anything so i used to see him and once even in my school i remember in my middle school we were in a physical education class and there were about um, 70 of us sitting in the class and it's in a huge gymnasium and i saw swami in the doorway like i'm seeing you right now and i looked at him and i said in my mind i said swami very nice to see you but please go quickly before the other children see you because i didn't want anyone to make fun of swami so i um in my i guess ignorance told god to please leave because i didn't want other children to make fun of him so i had i've seen him and then uh, richard bock and janet bock were in charge of the center and they would show old movies of swami and videos and it used to just blow me away that he used to be walking and talking and mingling with everyone so that desire grew that why am i so far away from god when his physical form is in india why am i in in the united states i have a question malini you said you could see swami in the bhajans in the sai center and everywhere else as you're seeing me in front yeah. of you right now did you discuss this with your parents did yes you, i did did they believe you yes did My they see him did. also no only you sir yeah and my father said yes for god anything is possible if you pray to him he will show himself at any time and any place so this longing began in your heart that you wanted to be physically close to god on earth yes and um with that desire my mother also wanted both of us to join and in when i was in 8th grade my father had the chance to be in a wedding interview with my uncle and he asked swami swami uh, should the children join your school and swami as usual didn't give a very direct answer at the time he said there is good and bad everywhere it is up to you to take the good and leave the bad so with such an ambiguous answer my parents felt maybe this is not the right time so i finished my 8th standard but my mother was very persistent she really wanted both of us to join so we came here in may of 1984 uh, to get admission and my brother is 8 years younger than me so he was trying for first standard which is the usual grade that everybody joins, joins. but yours and was for grade 9 mine was for grade 9 that's the tricky one isn't it it was very tricky so my brother um, had the entrance test and with swami's grace he did well and he got in but he told my mother unless you know akka gets in my older sister i'm not getting in oh he needed so moral support he needed from his siblings yes. <laughs> and then um, i had a swami dream and swami was we were sitting in darshan and he came up and he said both of you join and i said swami both of us and he said yes so my mother said you're imagining things because you want to go so badly but um, needless to say my brother got in and then a few days later i was asked to join perfect and what was it like to move to the shri satyasai higher secondary school coming growing up in the west and going to the school system in los angeles california well i have to say that i didn't really think about the practicalities of anything it was just let me be close to swami and be his student and i didn't think about anything else and so i was in a kind of a euphoria for a few weeks i should say just going to darshan and 
letting it sink in that I'm actually living close to God. And then the reality of the situation <laughs> sunk in. I didn't know how to write with fountain pens, so my fingers were swollen. Um, my even my English was not; it was American English, not British English. And you didn't know any second language here. Yeah? I didn't know any second language. Had to learn Sanskrit from the alphabet. Every subject was different, and I had been actually doing very well academically in the U.S. And I came here, and I was at the bottom of the class. So it was a shattering experience in terms of uh, my ego, which I think is a very good thing on hindsight. But at the time, it was very difficult. But he was so available. We used to go for darshan Thursday and Sunday, and he had never spoken to me physically, but he used to look at me, and that gave me the sustenance and the courage to go on. And the food was very good, and um, I like people, so I found it a lot of fun to hang out with kids my age. And like I had mentioned before, my mother was extremely strict. So suddenly, maybe you were enjoying some so freedom. So I was actually enjoying freedom. <laughs> relative, everything is relative at the end of the day. <laughs> it is, and it's funny. Um, I used to wake up at five in the U.S. My grandparents lived with us, and my grandfather would wake me up at five, and I would do suprabhatam in the morning. So that was not new. My mother wouldn't let us waste food, so that was not new. Uh, we knew the prayers and the sutram, so that was not new. Coming from a home where Swami was the only God in terms of uh, who we connected with, even though all the other forms of God were equally adored. And, uh, and by culture, you're Telugu, aren't you? Yes. Okay. That, yes. Uh, knowing the language would have been in plus. Yes. Um, Despite the fact that you came from a different continent and a different sphere. You were well primed for the school because of some cultural similarities that your mom had ingrained in you. Yeah, our parents were the instruments in bringing us there. So we were never told that we were special because of where we lived, and um, we were uh, always made to do what we had to do. We had chores and everything. So it was actually more freedom coming to Swami School <laughs> because the teachers can't look at each one individually. There was a group, so it Whereas was mom's focus exactly. at home was entirely on you. Exactly. So you were coming from a boot camp to a refreshingly easy lifestyle. <laughs> I didn't find it hard. Okay, wonderful. But what are your sweetest memories of Swami? How did you relate to him? Because every student tells us in this series the relationship with Swami. For some, he was a friend. Some, he was the mom. He was the dad. He was God. How how did it play out for you? He was all of those and more, in so many ways. He would walk into our classrooms and then ask us what subject we were studying. And um, I remember my brother telling me he walked into a, a younger student's classroom once, and they were taking a test. And he started giving the answers to the test, and then he used to bring um, some important people with him. Sometimes, like the Chief Justice of India, and um, one boy who was very, very naughty, and he was sitting in the back of the class. Uh, Swami walked in with these chief guests, and he made it a point to point to that boy, and he said, "That boy is very good boy, very well behaved." So the teacher was in shock. That boy himself was in shock. But God's words always come true. So he was looking at the heart of the boy and not just his little antics in school. Yeah, and perhaps also in you know, a positive reinforcement, give a person a reputation and they live up to it. Absolutely. So if you tell a child he's good, he's got oh my god, what's he talking about? But I better pretend to be good at least. <laughs> Absolutely. And once I remember, we had just finished breakfast and we came into the hall, and they said, "Oh, Swami's." coming Swami is coming and his car majestically rolled in through the gates and he just 
swept out of the car and walked up the ramp. And then um, he asked, so what did the children have for breakfast? The kitchen auntie, as we used to call her, who was in charge of the kitchen, she brought a plate full of all a variety of all the things that we had eaten that morning. And he pointed to some sprouted gram and he said, what's that? And uh, she said, Swami, it's sprouted gram. And Swami took a little bit in his mouth and made a face. And we were so thrilled because as children, you never like what's good for you. Uh-huh. And, and we didn't like to eat sprouted Exactly. Gram. And so we didn't like the sprouted gram. Uh-huh. And we thought, oh, this is so nice. We don't like it. Now God himself doesn't like it. Maybe they won't give us any more. And he turned around and told the teacher, Give them two spoons instead of one. <laughs> the joke was on you guys. It was. It was. And I remember once we were um, singing a song. Have you not heard his silent steps? He comes, comes, ever, ever comes. comes. Yes. And the door opened and he came in the middle of our song. So he was just everywhere. Anywhere, anytime. We'd be playing games and suddenly we'd say, Oh, Swami's coming. And he's there watching us play. And I remember for standard kids, they were playing this game and they were blindfolded and moving around. And Swami was laughing as they were bumping into each other. He was just there. And his presence gave us so much of joy. And honestly, I'm sure it was a little challenging. But the biggest challenge I remember for me was just academics. Because his presence made everything so smooth and soft and his love just poured and I remember he used to come and he used to say uh, watch a movie and he'd tell us which movies to watch Disney movies Bhakta Prahalada and uh, Sati Sakubai and after we watched the movie he'd ask so how was it did you like it and like a mother asking us how we liked it and um, in those days the mandir had sand it wasn't uh, kulwant hall it wasn't cement and um, when swami used to create vibhuti everybody would give their handkerchiefs and all of us were allowed to give handkerchiefs we were sitting in the front and so i remember one little fellow was playing with his handkerchief in the sand and uh, then realized that swami is coming so he took all the sand out and had this uh, disheveled wrinkled brown handkerchief from the sand and swami created vibhuti for someone and everybody he had these starched crisp clean handkerchiefs to offer to swami and this little guy had his little brown crinkly one with eyes full of hope and love and he looked at swami and swami looked at him and smiled pinched his cheek and took that wrinkled brown handkerchief to wipe his divine hands and that is love in action he doesn't see the externals he only sees with what you've offered and so every thursday and sunday we'd experience this and Every time he walked into school, we'd experience this. So it's just, his love was just all pervasive. And so available, free-flowing. Very. He used to not just walk, it was almost like he used to glide. And I remember once it rained and we were all wet, but not a drop of water on Swami. Not a drop. During Darshan? During Darshan. Lord of the universe, the elements cannot touch him. And another time, there was an epidemic of chicken pox. So we were 500 of us in the hostel and 100 of us got chicken pox. And um, Swami said that uh, they'll have pox in their throats, so it will hurt. So give them double boiled curd rice. And he tell the teachers to feed us. So at that time, I was in 10 standard, but I was fed by my teachers. And a hundred kids. A hundred kids. It's hard enough to handle one child with chicken pox in yeah. a family, but in Swami's school, hundred children. Hundred children were fed. My God, what dedication hand. of the teachers! And, and what? he'd he'd tell to put samrani 
in the dorms yeah. because that would help purify the air which is like herbs you burn it's, some herbs yes like almost like a, f- a fragrant herbs, herbs that are uh, burned. burned and twice and that a day smoke helps to clear the yes, air yes yes he said it's like a disinfectant yeah. and twice a day he'd say to do that and then he told them when they have the chicken pox their uh, poxes will itch so he gave them a formula with neem leaves and some kind of uh, other herbs to mix and make into pills and he said give it to them then their poxes won't itch so we used to swallow those we had chicken pox but we never itched can you believe hundred of us we had a gala time just playing chase and tag in the dorms and every day he would ask about us and every day swami would you know um, send his love and that's what we experienced and i remember once we went for shivratri and because early morning there would be aarti at 6 am so there wasn't time to eat breakfast so we just quickly had baths and rushed to the darshan and uh, that time he used to live in the mandir so he walked out and he said did you have breakfast and we looked at him and we said no swami because bhajans were happening in punachandra auditorium so he had to walk from the mandir to the punachandra auditorium and we said no swami we haven't had breakfast and he said first bhojan then bhajan and he stood there till all of us were served hot pongal and he watched us eat and only after we finished eating did he go into the punachandra auditorium for aarti for shivratri he just showed his love in so many different ways and i remember when we were in ninth he asked the ninth and 10th standard girls to come into the mandir once and we came and sat in the mandir and he said that krishna told arjuna the bhagavad gita for 2 weeks so i am going to tell you what krishna told arjuna for the next 2 weeks and so for the next 2 weeks we filed into the mandir and copiously took notes on the gita from the lips of sai krishna the experiences at that time we didn't realize how much we had experienced and how much we he had given us we just were like sponges we just absorbed and now looking back it's almost unthinkable what grace he showered because of his love because for whatever reason he wanted to gift us that gift how do you feel you can best or all of us the students can repay the love swami has given us this sounds so overwhelming what you're telling us and we hear it repeatedly from hundreds of students who come into our studios and share their experiences what swami has done for each one of us individually and collectively is unthinkable no human being can ever do it no human being can ever do it and i don't think we can ever repay the magnanimity of what he has given and continues to give and the only prayer i have is dearest lord just let me be an instrument for your love to pour so that this body can do whatever you want it to serve whatever you want it to do because he has picked not just his students his balvikas children his gurus his devotees whole world whether they are aware or not all are god's children all are loved equally 
our experiences are different because of his knowing what we have done in our past but his love for us is the same the sun falls equally on the planet rain falls equally on all but having been given so much of divine grace and having been ha- been given the divine golden opportunity to have studied in his institutions and directly experienced his love then we have to really live our lives to reflect his teachings really live according to his divine will so that whatever he is given has some meaning because we cannot just repayment sounds like such a i don't commercial like a, transaction yeah it it's not even possible hmm. but just to love everyone and serve everyone with a fraction of what he has given us is more than enough because we cannot duplicate his love but we can be instruments so that his love shines through us mm. in whichever way i see uh, you know we'll um, we'll talk about uh, what you say that you know our lives should actually reflect his teachings but let's talk about your anandpur years how was that experience you did grade 11 and 12 as an intermediate student and then you went on to earn a degree a bachelor's degree in english literature how was it like in anandpur for 5 years we were actually sad to leave Swami's physical proximity, but he called us and gave us Padmanaskar and said, "Go and come happily." So he sent us with a lot of love. And uh, when we reached Anantapur, we realized that it was uh, a campus that was really a haven of nature. It was full of trees and flowers, and you could feel Swami's presence. And in those days, he used to come. So I remember in intermediate, he actually came three times to our campus. and because we were far away from him physically we actually valued his presence more i have to say in school because we had him so easily we just take him for granted and sometimes i remember studying in the classroom and looking out and saying oh swami is in the field and uh, just took him for granted that he was there but having been given the distance of being 90 kilometers away from prashantanilayam when we came for festivals it was like oh, we're seeing swami again it was a renewed joy and bliss on his, seeing his form and um, when he came to our campus our entire campus was just transformed we were like oh god is coming our with the girls who were good at rangoli would do rangoli and decorations and veda girls or singing girls or drama girls and i was in the drama troupe so um it was amazing to be able to act in front of him and i remember the first drama we did i didn't have a speaking part so it was about the unity of religions and everybody dressed up and it was a an inn where travelers went and came and everybody was different religions and they were having an argument whose religion is best and uh, finally a wise and old man comes and says how can you say which is better when all are the same so i was a servant in the inn and when i heard the jewish person talking about the travels and relations that had happened in their religion and what they had undergone i started crying louder than the jewish man himself you know to provide comic relief so actually dipped a hanky in water ahead of time and then cried with tears dripping down my face and i believe swami was laughing so hard tears were falling down his face and that was just um, very nice to hear afterwards and he just in- immersed himself in our dramas and he would come on stage and take pictures with us this drama happened in anantpur in anantpur uh, didn't you repeat it again in prashant yes that's the time so this not this exact drama we did another drama and it was a long one hour drama and it was titled mirdad and uh, he came and he said very nice drama do it in 
Prashant Nalayam. And we said, yes, Swami. But nothing happened. The next year, we did another drama. And he said, very nice. Do it in Prashant Nalayam. So with Swami, his words can never be taken at face value. There's so much depth of meaning to it. So we said, maybe in some other lifetime or we don't know when. We didn't even want to presume. We just let it go. And then we were going to have our pre-final exams. And uh, suddenly word came to the principal that uh, Bhagwan is calling the drama girls to do the same drama that they had done in Anantapur in front of him in Prashantanalyam. And so we practiced till midnight and woke up at five and had intense practices. And it was a one hour drama. Did you have a speaking part in this one? I did. I did. And I was a servant again. Um, and uh, I remember we were all men. So we were covered from head to toe and wore turbans and had beards and mustaches drawn on us. And we practiced so intensely. And then we got on the bus and went to Prashantanilam. And when we reached, he came out and he said, Oh, you've come. I'm so happy. And um, he told us to practice in the boys' auditorium in Prashantanilam, in the institute. Because he said, that's where we are going to do the original drama. We started practicing and we said, Swami, please come for a practice. And he said, no time, no time. And he said, Swami, please come. So uh, he didn't give us a yes or a no. And we were not sure. So we were practicing. And suddenly in the middle of the practice, he floated into the auditorium. And so we stopped and we sat in a, in a row. And he came and he asked each girl, where are you from? So each girl was telling Swami where she was from. And I was the last in the line. So I kept thinking, I was born in India. I consider myself an Indian, but I live in the US. So what should I say? And I was very confused. He asked everyone and stopped and he didn't ask me. So I was so relieved because of the confusion in my mind. I had no idea what I would have told him. But then, of course, the monkey mind plays up. And I thought, Swami, you talk to everyone. Except me. Except me. What did I do wrong? And then he told us, don't come for darshan because the play was in the evening in front of the UGC commission, which is the University Grants Commission. They had come to decide whether the Sri Satisai Institute of Higher Learning should be de a deemed university. Very important decision Very impo a yes. regulatory body. Exactly. Mm. And so it was necessary for all three campuses to represent themselves. So we were doing our play. Brindavan Brothers had come to do a small play. And then Prashantanilam had done something. So a sampling of all three campuses was to be done. And then uh, we had our makeup and costumes would take a few hours. So he told us, don't come for darshan. Just uh, put on your costumes and uh, take care of yourselves. And uh, don't worry, I'll be there. So we missed the evening darshan at the usual time because we were busy getting ready. And um, I was still feeling sad inside because he hadn't talked to me. And then I was at the side door and suddenly the door opened and Swami walked in and he came straight to me and he said, and who are you? Hmm. But important, profound question. Very profound question, but I'm sorry I did not give any <laughs> profound answer. I didn't say I am you, I am the light, I am the Atman, none of that. Instead, I gave my character's name. I'm a servant. I'm Rastidian the servant. And he just looked at me and smiled. And um, maybe one day I will come up with the answer. <laughs> and then um, 
We had an imaginary door, so we had painted a key to unlock the door. And to make it realistic, we had painted the key with silver paint. And he looked and said, very nice. And with that one comment, he taught us that every detail is important. No detail is too insignificant. We shouldn't overlook anything. We have to be perfectionists. We are working for perfection. We are striving to please the Lord of the universe. So everything should be considered from all perspectives. Yes. It should be right. No cutting corners. Yes. No. No. He is perfect. We have to be perfect. We have to strive for perfection. And then he'll take care of the rest. Effort has to be to geared towards attaining perfection. Absolutely. So he walked behind That's stage. That's a profound lesson. Yes, yes. And he walked behind stage. And we were all nervous because of the UGC commission watching us. And um, we didn't have our Anandapur campus to boost us up. So it was all the brothers in the audience. And so we were very nervous. And we thought, uh, you know, how, how is it going to be? And Swami called all of us and he said, Why fear when I am here? Hmm. Don't be scared. Before the play. Before the play. That must have boosted your self-confidence like anything. It did. And you know what was even more amazing? When the curtain opened, everybody wears white. So the whole audience is white. It's like a big blob of it's white. It's a blob of white, right? A cord- yeah. It's supposed to be a blob of white. And Swami's a little petite form. In orange. In orange. Striking. And all we saw was Him. All of us 20-odd girls did not see anyone else except Him. We only saw Him. So we acted our hearts out for Him because He was the only one who was present. We physically did not see anyone else. Everything was what, a blurb, a white Everything blurb? Everything was just black. Black, okay. Can you imagine? It was like an empty hall with, with the only soul audience, the Lord. And that's it. So that just made your performance super because you were singing your ode of love directly to him. Absolutely. One pointed focus. Absolutely. And I have to say, even Hollywood couldn't beat us that day. It was so amazing because we just acted for our God and he was watching us. And at the end of the performance, we had a standing ovation. Swami came on stage. And started giving us saris in front of everyone, which he never does. And took pictures with us. And waited on stage as we exited. And then came to the side door as we were leaving. So much so that one of our girls, she looked up and she said, Sairam Swami, because she didn't know what else to say. She was so, you know, just overwhelmed seeing him standing there. Sairam, you just heard the first part of a two-part conversation with Mrs. Malini Gadepalli from California, US. This was recorded in our studio on August 2012 and in conversation with her was Radio Sai's Karuna Munshi. Part two of this conversation will be aired same day, same time, next week. This came to you as part of a weekly series, Fleeting Moments, Lasting Memories in which we bring you reflections of former students of Bhagwan's schools and colleges. We hope you enjoyed this program. Your comments and feedbacks on this are welcome. You can reach us through email. Our email ID is listener 
at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sai Ram.